Catch new episodes of Dial the Gate weekends at youtube.com slash dialthegate. And for the latest schedule, visit dialthegate.com. Let's try that again with the wrong microphone. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 114. My, my, my name is David Reed. You're watching Dial the Gate. I really appreciate you being here. I really appreciate this next uh, guest. He's uh, been someone to watch out for for a long time now with not just Target Universe, but, but Sense8, Matrix, a lot of these other projects here. Brian J. Smith is with us. We're going to bring him in in just a moment. But before we get started, if you like Stargate and you want to see more content like this on YouTube, it would mean a great deal if you click that like button. It makes a difference with YouTube's algorithm and will definitely help the show grow its audience. Please also consider sharing this video with a Stargate friend. And if you want to get notified about future episodes, click the subscribe icon. Giving the bell icon a click will notify you a moment a new video drops and you'll get my notifications of any last minute guest changes. And clips from this live stream will be released over the course of the next few weeks on the GateWorld.net YouTube channel and later on in the off season of Dial the Gate. So this is a live, I need to be centered. All right. So this is a live show. So what that means is that uh, I have the guest on right now. And if you go to youtube.com slash dial the gate while the show is running, my moderating team is standing by to uh, answer questions that you can submit to the guest for free. We don't do any kind of super chat or anything like that. There's no there's no funding other than advertising and the T-shirts we sell at the end of the show. So if you want to ask Brian a question, you can go ahead and do so now. The moderators will go ahead and turn those over to me. Then about halfway through the show around the the bottom of the hour or 45 i'll turn the fan questions uh over to brian and we'll go from there without further ado the man of the hour mr brian <laughs> j smith first hey, lieutenant hey. matthew scott on stargate hey. universe you're what's up oh. you're frozen out there somewhere floating in the vastness of space man odd but you're here with us as well I came out of I'm, I'm fine right now. <laughs> How the heck are you? How are things going? Coming off of a huge feature film. My God, man. Back in the uh, Matrix, like he says. <laughs> I, take the, I took that red pill. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, first of all, great. congratulations. Uh, thank you What a much. coup. Well, you know, the funny thing about it is uh, it kind of came about in the way that a lot of a lot of jobs tend to, which is, you know, friends, people right. that with before um, that you've had a really good experience. Kind of, you never know how those connections um, are going to play out in your future. And uh, I, I had, you know, I had no idea that Lana was even thinking about doing another Matrix. Um, we had finished Sense Eight. Um, and her parents had died and we were at a party in Berlin. I think it was like New Year's and she kind of took me aside and she was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about, I got this idea for uh, bringing the matrix back 
And, um, you know, there might be something in there for you to do if you'd like to. And, you know, before I knew it, we were in San Francisco in a big tent with like a hundred stunt people and Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss and everybody doing it. It was kind of surreal. Now, did you grow up a fan of that franchise in all honesty? Oh, oh absolutely. I mean, I remember going, I remember going to see the first matrix. I think I, I had to be like a, what was it? 1999. Yeah. 99. Yeah. So I would have been a, a junior or a, a, a senior in high school. And uh, we just went nuts for it. It's one of those movies that you see that just completely uh, opens uh, up your brain. It completely opens up your brain. Yeah, and, red pill and, for sure. And it was just this like perfectly crafted movie. I mean, it just, every moment of it is just like a masterclass, you know? And then we went and saw the, the two, uh, I remember they, they released, didn't they release the, the, the two sequels at the same time? Same year. Yeah. A few years yeah. later. So they released them back to back. So I remember going to see that and it just blew my mind. It, I, 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 it just seems so, so remotely cool. And, and uh, I don't know, just absolutely compelling. And never in a million years would have imagined that I would have been a part of that, you know, franchise uh, as a much older, much older man. <laughs> much older, give me a break. <laughs> I, you know, I, it, it, these sequels, you really have to be careful with them because some of them are are solid and some of them just aren't. I, rem, uh, I remember Independence Day Resurgence and just being so gutted by that film and oh. uh then i heard about the matrix uh coming along and i'm like you know i'm gonna give this thing a shot it, I, we'll watch it we'll see how it is and i loved it it was yeah. solid it was very meta like there are some parts of it like the the conceit that it takes about the originals you either buy it or you don't you know, yeah. and it's it asks the question as an audience member, what what ride are you going to let the the uh, the show take you on? You know, you have to choose to step into that cart and go up and, and go down, go down the hill. Totally. Yeah. And, and also, I, I don't think Lana was interested in 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 doing the same, you know, green color saturated. Right sort of ballet kung fu that she was that she had pulled off in the first matrix and then those other sequels i mean i i there, there was no doubt that if she wanted to she could easily spend six or seven months of you know pre-production getting actors out there you know learning how to do yeah this insane fight choreography she just wasn't interested in that and with this and and also there was a little bit of like you know i think you know, Warner Brothers was going to do a um, a sequel, uh, whether or not she right. To do that. As far as I understand, I may be getting that wrong. I think that that's correct. I think that they were interested in pursuing it, and there's there's allusions to that. I think in the script as well. So it's like yeah. you know what the creators, you know who who brought it out from the beginning, really have have a chance to shepherd into something new. But taking the story sixty years ahead. That was unique. Didn't see that one coming. And there's, it's, if there isn't another two or another one, it's, it's a very solid coda. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a funny, 
it kind of sits in this funny way. I mean, it's so different than the other ones, which is already, I mean, which we knew it's funny. I, you know, even my experience doing Stargate universe, you know, I, that was, I, the first thing I did was hopping into this franchise that was trying to go in this different direction. And I mean, it became very clear that, you know, while there were some people that, you know, thought it was neat and there's, you know, a, a few, quite a few people who were excited in that direction that it was taking, you know, when you, when you reboot or redo something that is such a tasty and comforting recipe for its like found audience, you, you're really playing with fire. And, um, and I, so I was a little bit like, Oh God, here we go again. I'm hopping. Oh on. no. You know, things. But in the end, it doesn't matter. I mean, I, I think that's all stuff for people to debate online. I think mm-hmm. those of us who like make these things, you know, we have a very different agenda. It's not about, um, you know, it's, it's not about, I don't know, like all the stuff that people talk about, you know, on Reddit, it, it's, it's, it's more like, you know, oh my God, we have to finish this fight scene in two days. And you know, oh, we have this scene. It's you know, is it going to work? I mean, we're we're problem solving and trying to tell the story, and that's why we do it because we love that process. Then you put it out into the world, and it is what it is. You have no control either way. It's just your job to kind of show up and and uh, enjoy the ride. Hang out with freaking Keanu Reeves. Hang out with Keanu Reeves. Yeah, <laughs> you filmed in. Uh, uh, Tell the COVID story that you were starting off with, how how you kind of you kind of danced around the pandemic and and dealt with that while while working on this project. Yeah, we we started in San Francisco in early mid January, and we stayed at the uh, at the Fairmont Hotel, uh, which uh, you know for people that aren't from San Francisco, that's like right by Chinatown. Okay, and. So this thing started to happen where people, I remember at the time there was the, the Trump impeachment thing was, was going on. So that was in the news, but then every once in a while you start hearing about this virus that was coming out of China and, and, um, and then there was, you know, going to be a, um, uh, stopping travel uh, right. from, from China and we're like right there next to Chinatown. And then, people start talking about Chinatown and like, don't go to Chinatown. It's dangerous. There's this fire. I mean, it was just so crazy. The paranoia that that started up really early, but we finished everything in San Francisco. It was fine. We had a week break. Uh, everyone went home and then we flew out to Berlin to start really the big part of the filming. Um, sorry. Okay. Uh, and, uh, that was, I think, like around March the 6th. And then by March the 13th, uh, we were all called and told everything is shutting down. The world is shutting down. We need to get you guys on a plane. You need to get home. You're on your own at this wow. point. Everyone is everyone is off work. Um, I live in New York City. Yeah. And I actually called my, my doctor, like my you know, uh, my general practitioner. And he was like, do not come to New York. Um, in about a week, New York is going to be a hellscape. Um, I don't recommend you should, you should stay in Berlin. So I ended up having this incredible experience, like living in Berlin 
for at least three months while we were shut down. Um, And then we started back up again in July um, and were able to just steamroll through COVID. We were one of the only uh, films in the world that, that was able to that was able to keep going. Lana Wachowski actually invented um, the pod system that a lot of um, uh, productions are using now to try to keep filming during this current wave, which is you have certain zones of people in production that can be in contact so that if there is a positive case that, that pops up, only the people in those pods or zones um, are quarantined and the rest can continue to work. That's Lana brilliant. came up with this uh, plan to keep the matrix going during the first wave of COVID. And um, so she, uh, yeah, she's, she's an innovator behind the scenes as well. Wow, man. Well, no doubt about that with the first film and all the technology that that introduced, just the experimental stuff that they tried, and the second and the third for that matter. And and Cloud Atlas is, I mean, man, Cloud Atlas. Have you seen Cloud Atlas? Yeah. It's one of my favorite films, absolutely. I am not surprised that 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 pedigree generated uh, all kinds of solutions to this. And that's how we're going to get out of this, you know, by by thinking on our feet and, you know, being, being smart about it. So. Yeah, we're going through it right now. I'm working on a show down here in Atlanta. And, uh, you know, this one's worse. Uh, th- this this situation is is a little bit, uh, actually, a little bit more intense than it was when it's we very were very virulent. Berlin. Yeah. Because it's so contagious. Um, and it's just impossible to, to keep it out. We've had positive cases pop up. Mm-hmm. You know, certain cast members have had to be quarantined and they have to reju- you know, uh, change up the schedule. Mm-hmm. Even like last week, you know, there were scenes that weren't supposed to be filmed for like two or three weeks from now. We actually had to film a couple of them l- last week. And then those got canceled. Because oh, my gosh. Because got had to get quarantined. Ah, it's just it's just crazy. So, yeah. What can you tell us about what you're working on? Oh yeah, it's a it's a, a mini series for um, FX called um, the Class of '09. Okay, and it's with um, the amazing Kate Mara, and okay. also um, someone who I, I'm a huge fan of, uh, yes. Brian Tyree Henry from Atlanta, is in it too, and uh, just a, a lot of other really incredible actors. Uh, Tom Rob Smith uh, is executive producing and wrote it. It's a, I'm really kind of, you know, like, wow, what am I doing here? (laughs) (laughs) Everyone is so good. Uh, And the writing is just fantastic. So it's, well, I'll probably be here until, um, uh, well, we don't know. I mean, it just depends on what COVID scares we have, but I'll probably be here out until, I think, till like the beginning of May. All right. Wow, that's that's a good stretch. And you know, I, Atlanta is becoming such a huge uh, hotbed for this industry. It's it's really yeah. something to just watch that that state just explode. So yeah. Walking Dead and all these other projects that that have been down there. You know, it's 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 nice to see other parts of the country really getting um, a, a chance to to shine and you know get uh, get industry people in there going. Yeah. Well, Tyler Perry really uh, has, has got a lot to do with it. He built the Tyler Perry Studios 
um, where we're, our production is kind of based, uh, is it's the most gorgeous uh, film studios I've, I've ever worked in. Brand new. Every soundstage is named after a great oh, wow. uh, African-American uh, actor okay. or like the Oprah Winfrey stage and the yeah. Will Smith stage. I mean, it's, it's really cool. Um, and uh, yeah, it's funny because they're actually, there's so many things that film here that the, the competition for crew is, is pretty intense. That's good. It's good. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're, you know, if you're, uh, you know, uh, in, involved in any level of film production and you live in Atlanta, you are very, very, very high in demand. There's so much stuff filming here right now. Wow. What can you tell us about um, your part in Class of 09? Well, uh, it's a, uh, it, the, the story is about um, the Class of 09, uh, a, a group of um, FBI trainees who uh, go on to become pretty important in the FBI. One of them um, ends up being the uh, the head of the FBI in the future. And uh, uh, Kate Mara's character ends up being a, a super celebrated um, undercover agent, um, possibly the best undercover agent that the, um, that the Bureau's ever seen. Uh, my character ends up being a um, uh, executive, uh, uh, deputy executive assistant, which is pretty high up in the FBI. And, it, and it's really about how it's about the FBI, but really it's more about what happens to us at different phases in our life and how groups of people that, you know, start off together young, it's how their lives progress or regress disappointments and triumphs and, 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 and it's really about time. It's really about, you know, getting older and, um, uh, kind of being surprised about where you find yourself. Um, but it, um, from a, from a sort of philosophical standpoint, it's also very much about the, uh, kind of information that the FBI gathers and uses to track cases. And at what point does this information gathering become obsessive and um, become a tool to uh, infringe on people's freedom, mm. but all for the sake of people, of keeping, keeping people safe. So, the, you know, we're, we're having some of these debates right now, and we're a little bit worried about where we're going with the amount of data that's out there on people. So the, sh the show is also very much about that. And it's just really well done. It's really cool. I, I, I yeah, I, I can't help but see the comparison with you know, um, everything that's happening in, in social media and politics. And I'm not just talking about those things. I'm talking about all of it. I'm talking about uh, what it means to be a human being, to have the autonomy that we have, to have the, the freedom to make the choices that we have. And then when that comes in contact with uh, all the information that's out there about us, all these digital fingerprints that we're just laying everywhere that these companies are just absorbing. It's, it's kind of extraordinary. Oh, uh, yeah. and there's no way to know how this could, could be weaponized, you know, mm -hmm. by, by agents, uh, uh, meant to do good or meant to do harm. You know, it's, it's really wild. Yeah. The, the yeah, space I mean, of the mind is just up for grabs by all kinds of entities. 
Yes. And also too, I mean, people that it's, it's up for grabs for people that, you know, might have the best intentions mm-hmm. of keeping us safe. I mean, who knows? I mean, it was, we, we live also in a really polarized mm-hmm. society right now. And, you know, there's a lot of talk of, are we headed toward another, another civil war or a kind of like Northern Ireland, mm-hmm. uh, you know, IRA style domestic terrorism kind of civil war. And, you know, the, the, so one of the ideas of the show is that what happens if there is a, uh, a a terrorist attack, another terrorist attack, but a domestic terrorist attack, kind of similar to the Oklahoma City bombing, mm-hmm. that is so horrific and so terrifying that the reaction from the government and the FBI um, is to actually surveil even more with with the idea that this will never happen again we will never let an event like this happen again and the american public will be so scared and so terrified that they will say listen whatever you got to do to keep that from happening again do it take all my information if you can or please arrest my neighbor if they're even if they're if they have like if the algorithm says that they have the potential to create problems or to commit a crime so almost pre-crime stuff wow yeah yeah very very it's uh, the idea is that is that they'll get so good at data that the data will then be able to uh start to predict people's kind of min- like minority report yeah, in a way yeah, genuinely anticipate wow yeah scary stuff man so yeah absolutely that's did you, did you see don't look up yes i did very polarizing <laughs> film i one of my very. favorite lines from that is uh, the the the, uh, the Bill Gates analog telling the president uh, how what what kills her. We don't know what this is. We just know that it does. <laughs> and it's like yeah. it's on another planet for crying out loud. And the algorithm is still on point. <laughs> yeah, Mark that's, Ryland. That's Mark Rylance, yeah, right? Yeah, brilliant oh, performance. Man. Oh, is so. he good? I, I've met him a couple times. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, he was doing um, – I did a play on Broadway uh, before I did Sensei called uh, The Glass Menagerie by, okay. by Tennessee Williams. And he was doing at the same time a play called – a play called – this little play by Shakespeare called uh, Twelfth Night. And, <laughs> um, and so we kind of would run into each yeah. other. Uh, I actually ran into him at uh, JFK at the airport. <laughs> um, he was holding his uh, his Tony Award. It was like outside <laughs> on the curb at the airport at JFK. And he gets out and he's holding his Tony Award. And I'm on my way to go to San Francisco to start filming for Sense8. And um, I just walked up to him and I was like, hey, Mark, congratulations. You know, um, just kind of cool seeing him and whatever. I mean, that's my Mark. My, my Mark <laughs> right Thank you so story. much, sir. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> totally. That's no, really cool. we were, I know we, I'm messing with you. I'm well, messing we, it's with funny you. Cause we were both nominated for Tony's in that, in that yeah. same, in that same category. It was like best supporting actor in a play or whatever. And I think I made some kind of like awful joke. I was like, I think you're holding my Tony. Award. <laughs> 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 yeah. What a ride, man. Yeah, I would great. like you to take us back to that little gold ship. Oh, Destiny. Absolutely. Shanded too soon, but what a ride. Holy cow. 
Uh, I talked with you just before you started this character. You were thinking about getting a little dog. You're you're trying to figure out your future and what things are going to look like up in Canada. Tell us about that journey. God. Well, also, I was I was thinking about uh, getting a new pair of uh, underwear and socks. I mean, my my dad still laughs because he was like, you know, when I told him I got the job and you have to understand, like, by at at this point in my life, I mean, I I had maybe I was like a year out of school. I was Juilliard. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, you know, I was, I was doing theater. I was bartending and, you know, having I, it was exactly what I was supposed to be doing in my 20s. But still, it was very scary financially. And it was, uh, you know, it was it, it was a weird, weird, weird time. <laughs> and then I, I remember I called my dad and told him and he's like, so what are you going to do? Are you going to go buy yourself something? And I was like, yes, I'm, I need underwear and socks. <laughs> it was my. That was my first Stargate Universe uh, uh, purchase. I remember um, you saying, I kind of like my life in New York, you know? I mean, there, mm. everyone there, a lot, the working actor, you know, lives on a knife edge. But there's there's a happiness there. I mean, like you said, you're bartending. I mean, you're performing opposite S. Apathic Merkson, for crying out loud. You know, I yeah. mean, the, the caliber of of people that you're working with is just crazy. And then to just turn around and take a chance, go to the other coast. It's a big deal. Underwear, well, notwithstanding, you know, I, totally. I mean, I'm glad I went out there with some, with some, you know, fresh socks, <laughs> certainly fresh underwear, but uh, yeah, it, it was, it, I look back on that as a really happy time. God, I, God, I was young and naive <laughs> and, um, had no idea what I was getting into in the best way because Stargate universe ended up being this amazingly tender, uh, nostalgic cluster of memories for me. You know, um, everyone on that show, we, we were very close, um, and, and really, really cared for each other and had a great time and hung out a lot. It was, it, you know, it was the first experience i had had, of um, what it was my first series I'd ever worked on for sure, but it was the first time I had felt that intensely close to a group of people that were that I was working with. Um, and you know, we still talk every once in a while. I mean, David Blue mm. um, sang your praises uh, when he was on the show. Oh God, he's such a sweetheart. Yeah, I miss him. I mean, you know, I went, I was out in Los Angeles a couple of years ago doing a pilot for something. Mm. And, uh, and, you know, me, Ming-Na, um, Elise, David, you know, we all uh, met up at uh, John Lennock. Uh, mm. He was working in, um, in uh, L.A. at the time. He had a house, so we all met up there and had a little reunion. It's just, it was just that kind of experience for us. And, and uh, it, it, was, it was beautiful. And working in Vancouver, I, I lived down, like, off Commercial Avenue and then Yale Town. You know, it was the first time in my life I had like a, a kind of a steady, decent paycheck and can like start paying some of my, my student loans down it. It meant so much to me. And I learned a lot about, you know, I made a lot of mistakes. I mean, there are, I watched that show maybe a couple of years ago. I was like, oh, I just want to see some episodes. And it is hard to watch at times because I'm like, oh my God. What was I doing? Why didn't someone. Why didn't someone put that in there? Surely there was a better take than that, you know? 
Uh, there had to be a better take than that. Please, if that was the best take, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, you know, I was young and I was learning and I cared a lot. And and um, it's just a really special time. I, I look back on that on that moment in my life so fondly. The caliber of people that you were working with, Ming Na. Oh. Robert Carlyle. Um, Robert Carlyle. Louis Ferreira. Um, who did you walk away from saying to yourself, I really learned a lot from that person? Just being in their presence, just working opposite them, just watching them. Uh, I mean, little you get little things from different people. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, uh, Jamil. Mm-hmm. Uh, Walker Smith, who played Sergeant Greer. Um, he had to, you know, I, 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 at the time I was coming from drama school from Juilliard and I was doing theater and I was all about being like, have every single freaking line just down and memorized. And I just wanted to, I just, I was such a good student. I just wanted to just, ah, and Jamil would show up and, and he, you know, would be like, I, I what? what 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 are we doing like what just okay he had this openness <laughs> and this ability to be no this is really incredible yeah. and this is very hard to do you know he had this ability to like to to let the camera turn turn on that little red light which can freak a lot of people out yeah. but it didn't freak him out he, he would just be like no what am i what am i doing what am i let me look at these lines real quick. okay boom and then kind of discover it for the first time right there on the spot in front of you know the camera and the crew and that is i i i still don't know how to do that i i that's still i don't know maybe the older i get i'll i'll find some of that in me but i loved that he um gave himself room to make mistakes and to mess up and but to find there's some of the, my, my favorite moments in that show came from him. They were totally unplanned and totally, totally spontaneous of him figuring out in that moment what was going on. And that to me is uh, really special to see. So I learned a lot from him, but, but everybody's, I, David did incredible things on that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Carlyle, um, you know, um, I, Louis, uh, I mean, just, they, they were all so great, and and I, it was an an amazing apprenticeship for me, uh, and an honor to be on set with them and to see at that point in my career and my working process like how people work and how people figure out um, how you work on a television show. It was a show that was willing to take risks with telling its own audience, "Hey." Come, come, come on this journey uh, with us and see where it goes. I remember episodes like Cloverdale, um, where in, in one reality you guys are under attack by vicious plants, and right, your your whole arm is utterly transformed. And then in another reality, you're getting married in, you know, Pleasant Pleasantville, USA, with with the 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 girl of your dreams, and it's it's one of my favorite little episodes. Uh, oh, cool, and that. Uh, that just, I think, that one really demonstrated, I think, the the breadth and 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 depth of Scott and, of, frankly, where um, uh, Chloe's character, Elise's character, was was going. I think that yeah. I think that that character was going places that we just didn't really have any idea about yet. 
and we just saw yeah. a little piece of it in that episode. Yeah, I, I remember at the end of, of season one, I think I was talking to, uh, maybe it was Brad, mm-hmm. right? Um, or Rob Cooper, someone, and they were just, they were like, oh man, what have we gotten ourselves into with that? You know, the end of the year with this, I mean, we, we, we've created this like real, this this they, they put the characters in a situation where you're like how the hell are they going to get out of with this? illusion alliance and the and the yeah, the, like the death was, pulsar was, which apparently is a real thing in space so. yes right <laughs> right they do the research they do um, and uh but they were also like as writers they were in the exact same situation they were like we have no idea what we're going to do we have no idea how they're going to get out of that and i was like oh that's pretty amazing and pretty brave to to make choice like writing uh, and story choices that that really get you in trouble and force you to to think outside of the box and to find some different ways of telling stories. And I, I would imagine that that was both exciting and scary for guys that who had been, you know, very successfully churning out really great television with SG One and 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 Atlantis for years. And we're just like, you know what? We're going to try something different. You know what I mean? I got to keep it alive for me. And 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 sometimes that means putting yourself in a really big pickle. Yeah. And I really had a lot of respect for them that they did that and and challenged themselves that way. That was cool. And we're willing to uh, take some really cool uh, risks location-wise, going down into New Mexico twice, which you got to do both times. I did. So. I did. I was always, I was, I, David, I remember getting like so pissed at one point. He's like, man, like you always get to go to the, like, you know, to the locations. I was like, cool. I was like, I'm the guy with the gun. (laughs) I'll take it though. I I won't say no. Absolutely. Uh, The first one was white sand. I've, I've been to both. Um, White sands, one of the most, maybe my, my favorite place in the entire country next I get to it. the view of golden gate bridge i mean it's 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 like oh. that magnificent yeah. i get it yeah. i think about that place often not off i mean not like every five minutes but i mean i right uh, it's one of those places that's so beautiful and you see it and it's so bizarre it sticks in your memory and you think you know no matter what happens in my small little life or the lives of everybody that i know and even like our the history of our civilizations are going to change and shit's going to happen. But like white sands, it's still going to be the same. That quartz sand is not going anywhere. (laughs) And it's, and it's great to see those things because it, it kind of helps you touch, you know, uh, like eternity in a way. Mm -hmm. And you realize that there's a much bigger process going on. that has nothing to do with you and your, you know, aches and pains and, complaints about other people or yourself that that that's you know that's that's all going to disappear but that 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 white sand is always going to be there it's going to outlast us for for eons and while they were down there also doing some location scouting in other spots the 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 bisty badlands which mm-hmm. you wouldn't even think that this kind of place would exist on the earth it's so <laughs> alien yeah yeah yeah, and you know, I feel like I've seen that pop up in other mm-hmm. show. Am I? I mean, well, I always thought it was the place in Galaxy Quest, and it's not. That was shot at a different oh. at a different location. Yeah, but it's just it's one of those oh. spots where it's like this is so cool. Spent so a day cool. in there, and it wasn't nearly enough. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we, <laughs> we spent a couple of days there. I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out how long we were there. Um, but I remember having to be very careful. We had people that worked there that were making sure that we weren't, you know, blowing too many things up or some of those stalactites are very old and, you know, they want to preserve them and they don't want a film crew going in there. Just making ripping it to hell. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that was beautiful. Yeah. So cool. I was, uh, delighted at, uh, the arc that introduced that Scott had a family. And he had a little boy that he never even knew about. Yeah. Uh, And so not only did he have uh, people to fight for aboard the ship, but it's like, you know what? I think my money's going to, to Annie. And I think it's going to go to little Matt. And, you know, I please, you know, make, make it, make sure that she makes the the right choices for her kid. You know, Mm -hmm. that was, that was a great, that was a great story. I think so too. I loved that. I, I found that very moving. I think at that point in my life, the idea of like having a kid or am I ever going to have children? I remember for some reason was very important to me, like thinking about being a father and being a young father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, now I'm like, oh, geez, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> There ain't nothing. Listen, I love kids. Uh, I've got, you know, like some beautiful nieces um, and, you know, cousins, whatever. I love kids. I love other people's kids. But, man, just the idea of having a child at this point in my life, I'm just like, oh, I can't think of anything that would be less uh, conducive to to my happiness it's it's you know it's a full-time gig in and of itself you have to wonder how some people handle it you know with with uh, be i mean you you you're trapped especially nowadays you know in different cities waiting for for x y and z forget the dogs you know the the dogs are are, that's that's rough enough so it's it's i feel like Rate, rate, having dogs is is about as is about as you know deep into you know the <laughs> childcare world that I, I could possibly get. Oh god! Um, <laughs> Let's uh, check out some fan questions and see what we got here. All right, Gap Stargate. I wanted to know from Brian uh, the single most memorable moment while filming. Whew! If you can <laughs> narrow that one down. Goodness gracious! Uh trying to think i mean like all these uh like memories are are flashing through my head I, I you know i i would i would think uh i would think going the time that we spent in uh in white sands is probably mm. one of the more memorable moments it was so extreme it was insanely hot we're wearing these black uniforms uh and the sand is absolutely pure white so it's just reflecting heat you actually touch the sand and it's cool mm-hmm. uh, you, you go a little bit down and it's ice cold yeah that's the thing that yeah. i remember and uh you know again i think at that what i think it was probably 26 years old at that point yeah. i had never really done any kind of traveling like that never thought that i ever would um and to be on this set with all this like you know crazy equipment and cameras and hundreds of crew people I, I you know I was like damn like I'm, I'm doing this like I'm actually I'm I'm um, I'm I'm one of the people 
um, you know, even at Juilliard, you know, it's a great school and it, and it pumps out a lot of really great talented actors, but that doesn't mean you're going to work. It doesn't mean you're going to, you know, have a career. Unfortunately, I wish it did, but I was like, wow, like I'm actually, I'm actually making my dream come true. Um, that it was, that was one of those moments for me where I was like, wow, this is, this is really happening. So yeah, White Sands, that was, that was a moment I remember majorly. Tracy wanted to know, uh, what was uh, uh, one role that you haven't yet had the opportunity to take on that you would really love to do? Maybe not like a specific character, but, uh, or a specific type. Um, what you are know, you waiting I for? I, you know, it's funny, because I, 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 I've been asked that before, and I, I really don't, um, I don't know how to answer it, because... Uh, you know, your career is like a dance uh, rather than like a series of like benchmarks or targets. You know, you, you never really know what's coming around the corner. The Matrix was a total surprise to me. I never thought I'd be involved in that. The, the show I'm doing right now was, you know, was one of 20 auditions or, that I had done oh. over a period of time for other things any one of them could or couldn't happen and it it just did for whatever reason and i've just learned that these things are being arranged by this universe <laughs> this unseen power that's working and you're just a part of this web and the things that happen to you are also just logically happening to you because of this web as well so um i don't know i i will I feel like every role that comes to me is like, oh, this is the role I'm supposed to play right now. And this is what I'm Got supposed it. to do. Have you found a way then? It's not, that's, that's, that's a very rational answer for something that, that is, you know, could be interpreted as very chaotic. If you're, if you're someone who is very, if, if you read a, a piece of dialogue or, or read a side, it's like, oh, I really want this. You know, is there, is there yeah. a circuit that you have to, or a wire that you have to cut in your brain saying, you know what, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. If not, not, but, oh, I really want this. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it, it's a funny balance because you, you have to, uh, you learn really fast to not get too attached. You know, it's mm -hmm. kind of like being a foster child, I'm, I would imagine, you know, like going from family to family yeah. to family. You learn, you know what? It's great that these people are taking care of me right now, but I'm not going to get used to it because it's, you know, it, it's probably not the ultimate <laughs> uh, solution for me um, or, or I may not get invited to this party. So you uh, and you also I mean, people can smell desperation pretty easily. Oh, OK, and, it, and it's not very attractive. And I, I feel like there's a little bit of some there's a little bit of power in being kind of like, hey, listen, I yeah, this is this would be great if it happened. If it doesn't, you know, that that was also meant to be that. Um, so maybe I'm just jaded and <laughs> uh, just just uh, I don't let myself get too attached to yeah. things in that way. If it happens, it happens. That's a that's a good way to look at it. Jeremy Heiner uh, wanted to know, Stargate Universe featured uh, the first LGBTQ uh, SG regular, played by the awesome Ming-Na Wen. Uh, as someone who is also gay, it was really nice to see some representation in my favorite sci-fi series. And I'm curious if that character influenced your own coming out in 2019, has, and how has coming out changed your life and your career? Oh, wow. That's, oof, man. 
That's like a that's a book. lot there. Yeah. No, but great. I uh, that's yeah. I I you know yeah. Uh, I certainly was wrestling with my sexuality while we were filming Stargate Universe and um didn't I I was probably I'm I'm sure it, it's a little bit you know for, for especially certain guys in their 20s mm-hmm. who don't know if they're gay and don't know if they're straight or don't know what they want to be at that point I I can imagine it can be a little bit confusing for the people around them I mean everyone on on SGU knew that I was gay I um I was very much out on set um I believe was I no actually I really wasn't maybe not until like maybe not until season two yeah season one I didn't I had told John Lennick our our line producer great guy um, really great guy and still to this mm-hmm. day is one of my one of my closest friends he knew that i was gay uh, we, we talked about it pretty early on but i was terrified i think i i think i was i was afraid you got to remember a lot has changed mm-hmm. since what was that 2000 2009 mm-hmm. or 2000 yeah. wait yeah and yeah a lot has changed um and it the the advice at that moment in my life was like ah, you know it's really nobody's business and you know, maybe just best not to, you know, I'm not like a flamboyantly, um, you know, uh, in your face. Yeah. You know, like I, this is just kind of like who I am. And a lot of the roles that I was going out for or would hope no one's going to cast me is like the funny, you know, um, it's like the funny, cool, really super smart gay guy. You know what I mean? Which is like, Which is like how I would, that's who I would love to play. I would love to do that. But like, I get, I get people put a uniform on me. Mm-hmm. I play cops, the military people, FBI agents now for whatever reason, for my insides, that's very bizarre. Cause that's not how I feel. Um, but, uh, you know, the advice was like, listen, just, just don't complicate it. Just keep, stay, stay, um, you know, just keep your private life private and, and there's plenty of time to come out. So, yeah, I, I, I think coming out has, has you know, been good. It's not, it hasn't really changed much. We're in a different place now. It was more for myself. I think I was just tired of like equivocating and being like, are they going to ask questions about like romantic stuff in this interview? Do I need to worry about it? It's just, so freaking boring and and um and stupid to be hiding but you um, made it work i mean you played gay guys before i mean yeah. i i went and saw i i after you got hired i went and looked at war boys and yeah. the, what's the other one where you you were killed i can't remember its name oh, right now hate, hate, hate crime yeah, yeah. Well, that was yeah. that was good too that was intense and then you know you with elise on screen perfectly natural you know, I guess, so, yeah. At least it's, it was know, to me. So you know, yeah. you could pull it off. Love is love is love yeah. is love. Yeah. Not to say pull it off is the wrong characterization. Like you're faking something. There, the, there was genuine affection there between you and Elise, as far as I'm concerned. So I think that, it was. I think that that's. I think that that's the the ingredient. If you truly care about someone, you can pretty much you can pretty much make it happen. Yeah, yeah. And even if you don't, you know, it's 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 pretend. You yeah. know, it's. It's all it's not real life you know you're we're, we're we're playing 
we're, we're, we're pretending to be other people. And, and that's, that's kind of the joy. How, how uh, was working with Elise? Oh my God. Amazing. She's hilarious. She's, she's, she's magic. She is, was such a, such a, like, uh, such a dork. You know? <laughs> but we, <laughs> I just remember cracking each other up, uh, constantly. And, you know, we, yeah, we, we, yeah, we, we were really, we were really close during that, during that process. I think we, we both kind of felt like, you know, we were a little bit nervous, um, being on the show and, and wanted to do a great job and kind of clung to each other and c- c- confide, you know, our insecurities. Uh, was, she was fantastic. She was a great scene partner too. I remember, uh, uh, video uh, that was posted you guys I th- I'm pretty sure it was the two of you posted online with um poker face playing in the background ah and instead hey. you know what I'm talking about yes and instead of poker <laughs> face it's it's puppy face with Cassie yeah like, I, I was think like right? <laughs> that was just so cute yeah uh, uh, Cassie rest in peace good girl yeah. Erica Strom Erica Strom, uh, you were on the the Carl Vinson, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. That's right. Uh, at sea with Brad and Martin and a few others. And tell us about getting the word about the cancellation. Now oh, that I've that, set the stage. That's right. Yeah, because we, yeah, we were there were like, I think... Wasn't Brad right there too? Brad was uh, there and Martin was there. You guys yeah, were uh, doing signings on board. John, uh, yeah. John was there. Um, I don't think it came as that big of a surprise because we knew that the ratings were just like unsustainably <laughs> bad. And um, we, I think we knew, I, I think what we, the hope was that there would be some kind of like a finisher, like that we would get to do some kind of like a, you know, with like sensate. Yeah. You know, there'd be like a two hour, you know, uh, finale that we'd get to at least wrap this thing up. I I went through a really dark period. Not, not like, you know, crazy dark, but I'd have moments where like, I remember being back home in New York and I'd be like, Oh man, you get attached to that world. You get attached to those characters. And I thought it's just so, uh, unsettling to me that they're still out there floating around in space. You look up, you could almost imagine them out there just yeah. waiting, to, waiting to be rescued. You know, Eli doing God knows what, you know, to keep himself entertained. <laughs> Jogging around the ship and getting thin. Totally. I think that yeah. that's a prerequisite. Ah, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. He's got like a big old, like, yeah, you made a gym. It's like, Eli, you found the gym. All right. <laughs> totally. You go, guy. Totally. That would be a great story. You know, we all show up, you know, we wake up and like, I'm changed, like bro. 40 years old and like got a beer gut and just totally let myself go. And Eli is just like freaking, you know, Superman. Uh, that's funny. 12 pack abs. That would be, that's a, that'd be a great story. That'd be, that's the reason to, to revive it right yeah, there. Yeah. It's, it's. I, I I am still uh, optimistic that we will have some kind of conclusion in uh, a future uh, iteration of whatever's coming up that Amazon's Amazon's cooking, even if it's just a, a parallel story to a story that they're wanting to tell. Because I th- I think that I haven't heard about what Amazon so- Amazon bought MGM. So okay. Oh, Brian, yeah, Amazon bought MGM. I had no idea. 
had no idea. And well, thank God. I mean, because MGM has been just like, like no, I, you're right. Out of the water for years. You're like, right. Back when we were doing SGU, it was like MGM is like Carl Icahn gonna buy them off or something. I mean, it was so confusing. Like they, we didn't know what was gonna. Okay, so please explain to me what's what's happening. So the purchase was made. I think it was how much was a- Amazon. $100,000. It, it was uh, $8.45 billion. Jeez. Oh, right? Wow. And Stargate is obviously one of the, the uh, pieces in that equation. They have not made any announcements yet. Um, Brad has uh, his ear to the ground. I don't know who's been talking with whom, but he is not out of the equation as far as we are aware. So we are all, please God, praying that he's going to get uh, another another swing at bat. So, Damn, that would yeah. be amazing. I, I'm, I'm curious to see. I mean, you know, I'm sure how, you know how it is, though. I mean, Amazon's going to look at all the numbers. and They're numbers gonna, people. They're going to throw it into the algorithm. And if, you know, the equation <laughs> pops up, thumbs up or thumbs down, I mean, that's that's how these decisions get made. I mean, really... They're not, these are not emotional. I mean, listen, having worked at Netflix before, having my own experience, I can tell you, these aren't emotional people. They don't make decisions based on feelings. They don't make, you know, they're not thinking about the nostalgia of this, you know, property. They, they, how many, how many projected eyeballs are going to be on it? That's right. really all they, which is, that's, it's a business. That's, that's the way it works. So I'm really curious to see what the, what the, uh, um, what the algorithm says. <laughs> We're going to see what happens for sure. I think uh, it, my, my fear is that, you know, they're going to look at 350 episodes and say, no, we're not going anywhere near that blank slate. Let's start over, which they could. Um, but I think if they're going to leverage that library and get people invested in going back and watching the other content, um, they'll, they'll think again, hopefully. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, it'd be interesting to see it too. Like if they do some kind of a, you know, I'm, have you seen Lost in Space? Yes. You watch that show? I mean, yeah. it's kind of incredible what they can do right now. With, Shot at with, Bridge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is it? Ah, mm-hmm. okay. But, you know, I, I think you could do some really cool stuff with Stargate, you know, uh, with, with the technology they've got right now that what you can do with television just and looks so good. Keep it family centered as well. I think that's the Lost in Space component that you could really plug in there. It's just, yeah. you know, you've got, you've got a. a a uh, a show that everyone can sit down and watch and uh, makes you feel good. So, yeah. absolutely. Uh, but I I'm one of those people that I like the darkness. You know, I I I, I think that I there's room for all of it. I, I I was always so much more like a Battlestar guy. You mm-hmm. know, I, I I my taste runs. I have a very dark uh, <laughs> palette. <laughs> um, I, I like heavy, dramatic, constant turmoil you know existential crisis kind of <laughs> okay. stuff you know that's that 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 that's that that's the kind of show I, i'd love to see okay then out of completely out of left field game of thrones finale good or bad i never got into game of thrones oh! but, um, I, <laughs> okay I, yeah and i tried i mean i i and it, it's not that like i don't think it's an amazing achievement obviously i just I assumed mean, as a student of of the work i would have assumed it would have been something that you watched oh man yeah i did i watched like two or three seasons okay in 
like was like just so um enamored with the acting and the writing obviously but i i just i you know, I, i'm not into like renaissance fairs and <laughs> okay and, that's you know, fair and like you know dragons and sorcerers and all that stuff i i'm i'm kind of you know I, it just doesn't i okay. don't connect for some that's fair have but you seen the I'm expanse not um, no, I haven't. Okay. That, that I think out? that that's going to be, that's going to be more up your alley. I'm just about to start it now that it's, it's finished. Ah. So oh, okay. That's what I do. I mow these things down when they're done. So what have you seen recently that you love that you're like, Oh, this is, this is, this is a cool of the moment. Sci-fi. That I loved what, um, uh, X, uh, what was it called? Um, Oh, the film with Natalie Portman. Shoot. What's it called? Uh, it's uh, Ex Machina, or that, well, that's another one that I loved. Ex Machina, I loved Arrival. Arrival, yeah. That I started Jeremy reading that the, the writer's um, short stories. Yes, uh, recently. God, that's, that's awesome. one of them. Annihilation, I thought was brilliant. That was with the that was with Natalie Portman. I thought that, that okay. film was absolutely brilliant and very out of the box. Um, and then I recently saw a, a film with, um, what's his face? White Fang. Um, oh God. And, uh, uh, it's called Predestination. Okay. Uh, and it's based on a short story, All You Zombies. And it's, uh, got Ethan Hawke. And it's just this brilliant, encapsulated, self-contained, in the truest sense of the term, uh, sci-fi story. It's a paradox, oh, wow. and I I cannot recommend it enough. Okay, because yeah, you I'll sit back and you go, "Oh shit, that was cool." So, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll start. What do you think about Dune? Brilliant. Shame yeah. on me. I should get lightning struck from the sky. Absolutely brilliant. Oh, is that like is is like are people? Is it kind of controversial? I love. Well, I mean, lightning struck from the sky that I didn't bring it up when you when you talked about uh, good sci-fi that's recent. That I right. skipped over that because it was – yeah, I was hesitant about it from the beginning because I was a huge fan of the miniseries and not a big fan of the of the original film because it wasn't that faithful to the source material. This one's got it. And Timothy Chalamet did great. Jason Momoa was great. Yeah. Um, oh, Jason Momoa. I mean, talk about like a, I know. Like, I, like wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, in everything it's kind of incredible it's it's good for him all the way yeah he was he was really great in game of thrones and i think just one thing led to another for him and it's i I can't wait to start watching c you know he's so good so eva uh wanted to know who would you look forward to shooting scenes with she loved matt's relationship with tj i did too for that matter elena you and elena there was there was some great chemistry there yeah yeah they, they, we definitely yeah that always felt really really nice uh um oh man i well i mean any anytime you know you're with uh with uh robert carlisle that, oh, that was exciting and i would um, think so but he he wasn't like intimidating at all he 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 was such a uh gentle kind man um and 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 so much fun too that that uh it never felt like you were you know like oh god oh oh, oh robert's on 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 set everyone you know zip up 
nothing like that. I, I loved, you know, just watching him work. Uh, I, I loved working with David. I loved doing scenes with him. Um, uh, yeah, I think I, 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 if I had looked forward to like a season three also too, I thought the intro, the, the relationship with, uh, with, um, with Scott and, um, oh my God, why am I forgetting Louis characters named uh, Captain yeah, Colonel Young? Colonel, Colonel, yeah. Captain Young. I can't even remember. No, it's okay. It's been a couple oh, of years, Young. man. I thought that was like an interesting father son uh, relationship, which ties back even further into Cloverdale. Yeah. You know, there was, yeah. there was that, um, there was that tension to it as well, like an an eagerness to to please, you know, the the instructor, the the father figure, the you know, the leader of the mission. So. Which is how I very much felt, yeah. In, you know, in that experience, you know, I I really was eager to please, and um, and 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 you know, I looked up to all these people, and I, that that felt very organic and something I wanted to express. The uh, the Fred wants to know how was the experience of working on Threadstone. Um, he says, "Oh, Threadstone was, was a good show, and your character was cool, but it got canceled." Oh man! I mean, listen, I'm t- I'm the kiss of death. You know, if, if you're, <laughs> no, you're listen, I put this on my resume. If you if you want like if you're just tired of a series that's just going on too long, you just <laughs> call me up. Put me in there for a couple episodes, and you will be shut down. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, um, yeah, Treadstone. That I that was. Uh, I never worked harder in my life. Honestly. Wow. Uh, that I was in the gym um, every day for an hour and a half to two hours, and uh, you know, and then would do stunt rehearsals. The fights on that thing were the real deal. I mean, we. Um, we really, really, really wanted to get the fights right. And I got to say, I, I went back and saw it maybe last year, even just like to go look at the fights. Man, yeah. we, we did some, the, the fight choreography on that thing is pretty, pretty damn solid I'll considering we, we would film those like in a day, which is wow, unheard of, absolutely unheard of. They did a really good job. I think that, you know, there were some decisions made in the writing that just were not that helpful in the end and you, you don't you know there's not a very wide landing strip when you're doing a first season of tv you kind of you got to nail it it's got to right. be just you know really 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 great all the time right off the bat and we just you know for whatever reason it it, it didn't happen but uh, that was and also living and working in budapest uh was incredible and then we filmed up in the arctic in uh, um, Longyear Biden in Norway, um, oh. which was insane. It was so cold there. You couldn't have exposed skin for more than, I think, like 45 seconds before, uh, before frostbite would start to uh, set in. It was, wow, man. That was really but hey, I, I love that stuff. Obviously, I'm, I'm up for I'm up for the adventure of making difficult shows like that. That's, you know, and also I destroyed my back on that show. Like I, I will never be able to do a stunt heavy production like that ever again, because my back is just not good. Wow. It really knocked you around. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Holy crap, man. Um, Adam Parra wanted to know, uh, knowing what you know now as a performer, as a person, uh, if you had the chance to influence 
the end of the SGU story, how would you resolve it? Where did you where did you think that she was going? Where was where was what do you think Destiny's mission was? Wasn't there something about that, you know, that, that they figured out that Destiny had uh, started, was out there to to find the source of this... Galactic background noise. Yeah. There's some kind of master puzzle. Yeah. Hidden in the, the universe's cosmic microwave radiation. Yes. And I thought that was brilliant and, and very, I, you know, I, I thought that... That was something that that show really wanted to lean into was these kind of deep, deep, deep questions about what is it that makes us human? Why are we here? Where did this all come from? And and does even finding that out, is that something that we want to do? And uh, I thought that that was really, really, really interesting. And I, I think that that was something they would have wanted to explore more as it went on. I would have loved to have seen that explored more, especially playing, you know, Scott, who's someone who's like, you know, he was religious. Um, mm-hmm. He's going to be a minister at some point in his life. Yeah. Thinking about it, you know, I, I, for someone, you know, who has a religious background, I think that, you know, when you're faced with this sort of scientific uh, explanation for what God might be, you know, like, uh, what does that mean? And what does that bring up? I, that would have been really interesting. You're a person of faith. Uh, no, I, 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 no, no. I mean, okay. I grew up like that, but, um, I, and I'm not saying that I wouldn't ever be in the future. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of a, um, uh, more like on the Eastern philosophy you know side i do think uh that and this is just my personal opinion that the more we discover i think that that god and science are closer together than we than we realize yeah whatever that that is you know i think i think that there is that there is a master code that you know if, if we always should strive for as human beings trying to figure out how to unlock um yeah but yeah, there's yeah. there's a big universe out there. Yeah, yeah. And again, I, I thought that was, you know, it was really cool that that might have been something that we would have explored mm. had the show gone forward. And it's one of the, you know, sort of disappointments of, of, of the show getting canceled. Emily Cheatham wanted to know, what, what did you relate to most about Matt? And what did you have a hard time locking with and saying, well, you know what, we'll just I'll just fake this. <laughs> I mean, you know, being young and yeah. uh, eager to please and being thrust in a position that's, uh, you know, where you feel like a fish out of water mm-hmm. that definitely, you know, felt, felt right to me. But the funny thing is I can say for sure that the older you get, that doesn't go away. I think I was under the impression that like, Oh, you know, maybe in a few more years, a little more experience under my belt, I'll feel a little more confident. And I, it just doesn't work that way. Uh, and, and most of the people that I work with, I mean, even Keanu Reeves, you know, we were doing the matrix. He was like, he's like, man, I still feel like a beginner. It's like every time I get up, I really, oh yeah. Yeah. Just like, he's like, oh man, I still get so nervous. It's like, okay, Keanu. All right. Oh, wow. Yeah. The the more that I hear about that man, the more I would, I I just absolutely love him. He, his, that, that, that is humility is what that is. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. Walk with me for a second. Cause my computer is about to, Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, I just, I'm one, I just want to grab my, uh, 
Just want to grab my charger. Okay. Okay. <laughs> they got you set up good. This is my place. This is my apartment. It's a mess right now. Sorry. <laughs> I apologize for taking you so long. No, no, no. I, you know, I, I, I thought this thing was going to last a little bit longer, but it, it, um, I think the conversation is just so interesting. It's, it's, <laughs> it's just it's sucking it right out. <laughs> I think right. if there was any particular actor that I would love to just sit on set and watch, it would be Keanu Reeves. Me? Oh, sorry. I thought you were going to say me. And you. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's so bizarre. Uh, we uh, one night we we uh, we had been filming, you know, like in the at the end of the Matrix is all that you know crazy chase scene with like the bots that are yeah you know, using themselves as you know as bombs. We we filmed that I think over like six nights. I mean, I cannot believe we wow. did that scene six that's nights. So that talk about that's good planning is what that is. I'm- you know, it's so funny. Like you hear, you know, people say, wow, you know, like this matrix, it wasn't as innovative as the other matrixes. It's like, listen, if you did like just a little bit of research and if you thought just a little bit about what you see on screen, you would realize that like, this was actually the most innovative out of all of them. The fact that she filmed that, that whole chase scene in six nights is unbelievable if, even for most like modern productions and the fact that she got carrie ann and, and keanu to jump off of a like 46 story building um they actually wait they is, actually did that yes that's not a that's not stunt people and that's not cgi they jump off of that building and we are so we are and that's also part of like you know these these layers in that film that I, I think is going to take people years to kind of like settle down and not be so upset about the movie to realize that like, you know, we are so conditioned to seeing things like that done on green screen mm-hmm. and CGI guide that we don't actually believe that that would actually be done. That, that those two actors would be allowed to jump off a 45 story building. I mean, that t- to my mind kicks bullet times ass and all the, kung fu ballet you know that is what makes those that that movie really special and brilliant i mean that that is hard much harder to do than bullet time wow much 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 harder to do just insane. i forgot i forgot what we were talking about though sorry I, no I keanu yeah oh yeah keanu so we, we were filming those scenes and, and like you know one night we were all, we were all staying at the fairmont and uh, you know, me and my, my friend uh, Toby and Max, we were, um, uh, you know, out in the courtyard and Keanu came down and sat with us and was like, hey, do you guys want to, yeah, can you do mind if I hang out with you? Ah. <laughs> and we were like, yeah, so we just sat out there for like two hours that night and he just wow. told us stories and um, he's he's that kind of guy, you know, but he also works really, really, really hard. And, um, uh, and, and like you said, watching him on set is just amazing. You're, you're, you're seeing someone who knows is actually very, very, very savvy. He knows th- that there's a kind of Keanu Reeves ness <laughs> to deliver yeah. and he's very aware of it. You know, it's, it's, it's very, it's, it is a very, 
uh, conscious presentation of Keanu Reeves. Um, and it's very interesting and amazing to watch. I'm just really delighted that you survived to the end of the movie. Ber- Berg makes the comment, you know, the, the other... <laughs> The Neb, everyone aboard the Neb died at the end of the mission with the first yeah, right. mission. And you guys made it. All killed. Yeah, and that's also part of like Lana's, you know, Lana doesn't Lana doesn't not she's not interested in in telling tragic tales, you know. Um much to my chagrin. I love a tragedy. I I think <laughs> <laughs> I love like I said, I love the dark side, I guess. In storytelling but you know lana you know you know the, the, at the end of the matrix you know she talks about painting the sky with rainbows um she's for this like radical utopian vision of what storytelling should mm-hmm. be it should make you feel good and send you out on your way feeling really good about being a human being mm-hmm. and um and and yeah that that's 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 what she's that's what she's about and i i it's definitely made me like that more myself i loved where the story went i loved that you know 60 years later um death is conquered and and love and family prevail um and that oh spoiler alert (laughs) <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess that's a little late now. now. Um, so five. <laughs> but do you think? Uh, do you feel that there will be another one? No. You think that's it? Oh yeah. Oh definitely, definitely. I mean, the only unless like Matrix or unless you know Warner Brothers is for for whatever reason is like, um, you don't want to do another one. Are you sure? Okay, then we're 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 going to take this from you and we're going to give it to, you know, Michael Bay. Or whatever i don't know <laughs> do you think at that point she'd say you know what i did what i wanted to do with it go ahead yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i also too i mean that you know listen i've you know it it, it it i don't think it's 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 they're probably gonna lose money on the film mm. um they're probably there they're, there's no reason to do another matrix after this one i think mm-hmm. lana was like you're not going to take this from me mm-hmm. um you're not going to give this to someone else Th- those characters are slammer me yeah i'm if we're gonna if it's gonna be if it's gonna be finished i'm gonna finish it the way that that i want to finish it and i'm glad she did absolutely two more and then i'm gonna let you go uh matthew robbins did you ever read the follow-up comic books to sgu no oh no but i it's funny yeah i i heard about them uh and i even think i remember getting like sketches of like you know lieutenant scott Thought, you know, the, you know, it'd be like, do you like this one? How do you think about that? Not that like I had any say in it, but they were very sweet and sending us like concept art so that we could we could look at it and you know that they weren't like turning us into like a you know one eyed, you, know, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> do you want them? Disaster. Um, I, I but I have I haven't seen I haven't seen any of them. I'll send actually. You. I'll, I'll yeah, get to, I'll get you the digital copies. I, that's that's amazing to me though that that uh, that that's being mm-hmm. that that's being done. It kind of makes my heart feel good. They it's did like, a they they did a limited uh, limited run and it's it's pretty it's pretty solid. They take they take a left turn from Brad and Rob's vision, but it's an interesting left turn. It's an interesting it's an interesting oh, look wow. at at a possible. Th- there were ancients hidden on the ship that were in their own cryostasis. Oh, oh so oh and God. and so Eli wakes them up. So 
it's, it's almost he's, he's found another corridor that wasn't accessible before and oh my gosh there's billion year old ancients in there so wow yeah God, yeah. people are so smart they come up with this stuff it's exactly cool. it's craziness cool. i'll have to check it out uh lastly uh luis carlos samos um what do you miss most about uh sgu or playing mm-hmm. the character what do you think you'll really what do you what do you think you'll take away or you have taken away you know you, you do these these projects and they're filmed and they're you know stored on some streamer somewhere and it's like this uh photo album of a younger version of yourself and a, a sort of uh memento of of who you were at a certain period of your life i can't really you know i don't know what fans think of shows or mm know the debates they have i mean that's I, I really it's not for me to even think about and i don't it, for me it's like i get to see my 26 27 year old self you know from you know the perspective of time and i get to learn from it and appreciate who that person was and who i am now i that, that to me is what is really the most special about having a career in this crazy industry is, is, you know, all, all of these projects you do like SGU, um, you know, sense you know, Treadstone, all, you know, all these things I've done are little markers in time of my life. Um, and little expressions, good or bad or otherwise of like who I was in that moment. And, that's very special to me. And I, I am a very nostalgic person. And when I think back on SGU and I think of, you know, bridge studios and I think of, you know, Vancouver and Stanley park and my dog, Cassie, that I got there, you know, it was a moment in my life. It wasn't just a job. It was, it was a moment of growth for me. And, and um, it means a lot and, and getting to see things like, you know, uh, white sands and, and being on the USS Vincent, you know, um, those are, those are hopefully things that if I get to, you know, if I get to the end of my, you know, life, you know, when I'm like 110 years old, <laughs> those are, those are the images that I want to have flashing through my head, you know, because they were joyful and, um, I was really, really alive and living my life in those moments, um, doing these shows. So it's very, very, very meaningful to me and, and very special. And it's, it's a, it's a good body of work. You can look back on it and be proud and say, you know what, check this stuff out. It was, yeah. it was pretty cool. Yeah. There's, there's some cool stuff, you know, and, and, and I just want to keep, you know, learning and getting better and, um, and also too, like I'm, you know, would love to get into writing. I'd love to get into, you know, directing or producing these things I'm thinking about right now. And um, I, I love working in this uh, industry and in this art form. And uh, it, it's, it is, I'm a very, um, uh, I love to be still and at home. I'm a homebody, but my career gets me out. It forces me out of my out of my comfort zone, gets me out of the house, 
and keeps me constantly off balance. And I'm very grateful for that because I'm the kind of person that needs it. <laughs> oh, I, I think you're just getting started. I think, oh, I think sure. you have a lot oh. more to say and do for sure. Oh, definitely. I, I, I agree too. And I have no idea what that is, but like I said, it's a, it's a dance and um, I just have to show up. Absolutely. I do have one more woodworks MK. Would you want to do a John Wick film? No, <laughs> um, I guess going no. back to the, going back to the, the back issue probably. Yeah. I, I my back, I, I, I couldn't do, I could not do a fight. I could not do fights, uh, any, wow. any kind of physical, I couldn't do it. Um, I, I, yeah, my back wouldn't let me do it. And it's just too much work. You got to you know, take you care get, of yourself. You do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and sometimes in spite of it, you know, doing the best you can to take care of yourself, you know, you know, accidents happen and, you know, I, I've like really learned, I, I had a back issue last spring that, uh, was the most terrifying physical experience of my life. I've never had pain. Like I didn't know that the body can create pain, um, in that way. I didn't, I, I couldn't even imagine it. So it was very humbling and it made me kind of realize how fragile, um, this this equipment that we're given is <laughs> it lets <laughs> yeah. you know if something's wrong it definitely does um and for someone who's like just kind of joyfully thrown myself around for my you know, 20s and 30s to kind of realize that oh i can't do that anymore is a little bit upsetting but um what are you gonna do you just have to do the best you can and and try and you know not do John Wick films. <laughs> like it's like the actor's dream though, you know, to be like, you know, like every actor wants to be able to go, Oh no, I'm walking away from this. <laughs> they would have to ask me first. They, I would have to audition, win the role. And then I'd have to say, Oh no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Make a 3d model of me for all the fight scenes. The rest I'm there for. <laughs> totally. Can I just do voiceovers? Can I just like record my voice? That was one of the things that I was kind of hoping for with uh, with F- SGU, you know. Get, if if nothing else, give us CG animation has gone a long way. I wouldn't oh, yeah. mind seeing a two hour CG film. That would know? be great. Yeah, from I would from love that Brad's vision for sure because he had a plan. He had a master plan, and one of these days we're just gonna have to see what it was. Did he like? Did he? Is he? Did he kind of like hint that he's got like? Well, David Blue, David knows where Destiny was going, um, but in terms of, I did yeah, he right? Did. He 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 was told, but I mean, in terms of like that master plan, there's only there's only like one or two people out there that know what it is. So really? yeah, yeah. Well, I hope we get to see it. I that would be that'd be incredible to to hop back into. I I would be game. My God, I mean, I mm-hmm. don't know. People like oh uh, Scott. Scott's uh, pod had a crack on it or something. <laughs> Just no fights with any giant animals or anything. Yeah, there was a, mos- a mosquito got trapped in his uh, <laughs> heart or something. He didn't survive. Oh, no. That would be awful. <laughs> Jeez, man. Brian J. Smith, Matthew Scott. I've missed you, pal. It's good to see you. I missed you too. I've missed you too. Let's do this again. You know what? Um, I'll uh, I'm gonna keep an eye on on what you're up to, and uh, I'll I'll uh, we'll have you back uh, in the future for sure. Yeah, maybe we could talk about the the uh, you know this class of '09 thing because it's. I a, would. It's lo- a- I'm I'm all on board. 
I'm all in yeah. order to check it out. Cause the, the concept sounds really interesting. If so. we can freaking finish it, if we can get through freaking COVID right now, I mean, this is it's true. Just, oh my God. It's just pummeling us right now. I, um, you know, so. I, I, I think I, I am, po- I am positive. I I'm positive about, you know, where we're heading. I think we're going to be okay. Um, yeah. but, uh, the, the important thing is that we all keep working and that we all, you know, uh, uh, do what we can to take care of each other. So absolutely for sure. I'll, I'll drink to that. <laughs> you take care of yourself, brother. All right. I'm going to go Should ahead and do. wrap up the show. All right. Thanks, man. Ciao. Brian J. Smith, Matthew Scott from Stargate universe. I, um, have always been a big fan of his his work and i'm delighted that we finally managed to 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 get him on the show if you enjoyed this episode please consider clicking that uh like button and uh, it will help us get the word out to more people and if you liked what you saw consider supporting the show by buying a t-shirt Dial the Gate is brought to you every week for free, and we do appreciate you watching. But if you want to support the show further, buy yourself some of our themed swag. We're now offering t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, and hoodies for all ages, as well as cups and other accessories in a variety of sizes and colors at dialthegate.com slash merch. Um, Check out it as fast and easy. You can use a credit card or PayPal. Just visit dialthegate.com or straight to dialthegate.com slash merch. And thanks so much for your support. We're still working on the lineup for next week's uh, guests. And I appreciate uh, you tuning in while we figure that out. I'll uh, keep the word out on social media. So keep an eye on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the Dial the Gate pages. Thanks so much to my moderating team, Summer, Tracy, Keith, Jeremy, Reese, Anthony. You guys make this show possible, as well as my producer, Linda Gate Gabber Fury. Thank you so much, Linda. Big thanks to Frederick Marcoux at Concepts Web. He's our web developer at Dial the Gate. Also, a big thank you to Jeremy Heiner, our webmaster, who keeps the site up to date. There were just a couple of uh, of questions that that came out for me uh john says we want to do more trivia maybe with the moderators going up against david we'll be sure to make something like that happen i'm going to try to do trivia every quarter and um yeah that's yep everyone's saying fyi please more trivia at a later date we will bring that on thank you so much for tuning in i really appreciate having you join us thanks again to brian j smith as well my name is david reed for dial the gates we'll see you on the other side Dial the Gate is hosted and executive produced by David Reed. The producers are Darren Sumner and Linda Fury. The composer is Neil Acree. Animations by Bryce Ors. The moderators are Summer Roy, Keith O'Mell, Tracy Noller, Jeremy Heiner, Reese M., and Anthony Rowling. Logo design is by Deborah J. Bell. Additional effects by Thomas Tots. The webmaster is Frederick Marcoux. The archivists are Linda Fury, Zachary Adams, and Frederick Marcoux. For inquiries, please contact us at dialthegateshow at gmail.com. Visit our website for the upcoming schedule, as well as an archive of our past episodes at dialthegate.com. Thanks for listening.